Hey everyone, welcome to the Gate Alliance Church. We're so glad you could join us for this week's podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn how you can be more engaged in our church, check us out online at thegatechurch.ca. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's podcast. Well, back in 1869, uh, before any of us were alive, uh, a fruit merchant by the name of Joseph Campbell and uh, icebox manufacturer by the name of Abraham, Abraham Anderson started the, what was called the Anderson and Campbell Preserve Company in Camden, New Jersey. And why that's of interest to us is because that was the very beginnings of the Campbell Soup Company, which became, and, and for many of us still is, a staple uh, product in our cupboards and our kitchens today. I wonder if you remember the jingle for Campbell's Soup. I think it was something like, Mmm, good. Mmm, good. Uh, that's what Campbell's soup is. Mmm, good. Something like that. If you've grown up, you remember that. Uh, and then in my email to you this week, I asked you the question, what is your favorite type of soup? A way to gauge, you know, at the beginning, what is your favorite kind of soup? And uh, so I think if you can raise your hand, David can unmute you and I'll be able to hear what you have to say. If you wanted to share, pipe in, what's your favorite type of soup? Clam chowder. Go ahead. That's mine. I'm going to talk about that. That's a great choice. I don't have to go any further than that. No, that's a great choice. Anybody else? Sandy. Loaded potato. Oh, yeah. Homemade loaded potato. Potato soup. What was that? Me? Yeah. Potato soup. Potato soup, he said. Potato soup. That's, that's good. Yes. We got clam chowder, potato soup. Anybody else? I'm going to unmute everybody, so just bear with me. Shout it out. Mushroom. 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 I hear mushroom. Mushroom. Chicken noodle. Mushroom. That's good. I think we got a good. About their favorite soup. Um, clam chowder is mine too, Drian. Huh? Clam chowder is my favorite soup. And uh, I remember when I was, there's only two things I don't like. Uh, I don't like grilled cheese sandwiches and tomato soup. I, I never liked tomato soup. I get sick when I eat tomato soup. I tried even a little while ago, I made homemade tomato soup thinking it would be good. And I just can't stomach tomato soup. I love soy, I love uh, spaghetti sauce and pizza sauce and ketchup, but I don't like tomato soup. In fact, when I was a boy, I was part of the Big Brother program because you know, my dad had died when I was seven, and so I had a big brother. And one of the first times I went to his house with his family, they had supper, and they served tomato soup. I'm like, oh, no, what am I going to do? I know I'm going to get sick and I don't like this, but my mom raised me to be polite. And so I ate all my tomato soup as hard as it was. I think I was 10 years old at the time. As hard as it was, I ate all that soup. And then when I was done, I was, thank goodness, I got that down. I'm counting the moments so I know I'm going to get sick. And then his wife came over and said, so how did you like that soup? 
And of course, my mother taught me to be polite. So I was polite. I said, that was great. Thank you so much. Well, have some more. And she came and filled my whole bowl again. And I ate another two-third bowl. I told you, I my kids and I went home, ran to the washroom, and just got sick. I cannot, for some reason, like tomato soup. Um, in Psalm 34, 8, God, the, the word invites us to taste. It says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. And it's like this warm invitation to draw close to God, to experience his love, to experience his goodness in our life. And really it's an invitation to come and discover for yourself what is actually true. God won't force you to discover it, but he invites you to come and know that he is good. And as much as I've been aware of what isn't working in our world today, I've been very mindful and grateful for what is working in our world. Um, Glenda in the prayer start this morning asked us to ask us a question. What is Jesus? What has God meant to you in these days? And a lot of you have some great answers about that. And I was sharing in our email this week how I was meditating on the fact of what it means that Jesus is my functional Lord. How the Lord, he, Jesus is not an abstract God. He's not a hypothetical God. He is real. He is practical. He is involved in my life. And he invites you to come and taste and see how good life is with him. And I'm sure you can agree and, uh, with me how grateful we are that Jesus is a functional Lord. He's not a distance God. He's not a looking down and hope this works out for you kind of God. But that in times of great uncertainty, we can have great certainty. In him. Isn't that true? In times of great uncertainty, we have great certainty with God. And you know, how much when there's so much changing around us, Jesus does not change. And he says in scripture, I'm saying yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And I'm grateful that we can have a real faith. And he says, Come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Embrace this privilege to have a faith which works even when life doesn't seem to be working well at the moment. I was reminded how Jesus tells a person who told a person who builds his house, that is, builds his very life on his truth. It's like one who builds his house on a rock. The rains do come. Troubles come. There's floods of trouble all around them, and yet they stay firm because they built their life upon the certain unchanging rock of Jesus Christ. And the good news is all of us have that opportunity to make Jesus more than just an idea, more than just a nice concept, but to engage him, to engage him with all our life and where we can know he is a functional Lord. He wants to be involved in your life. If we invite him, come and taste and see that him being Lord is a great thing. Uh, we're invited to do that. And then this goes on. The verse says this. All the joys of those who take refuge in him. All the joys of those who take refuge in him. We can know and experience the joy of having God as a refuge. He offers us protection. He, he offers us direction. He offers us peace. Forgiveness. Wisdom. And there's so much more. He is good. Taking refuge in the Lord means we, it, tells, it indicates to him we trust you. 
that we are certain about you, even in times of uncertainty, whether our circumstances are good or bad, we know you are constant and you are good. And I feel as we lean upon God during these difficult days, we're going to truly taste and see his goodness the most. We're going to find a faith which works when life doesn't. But here's the thing about an invitation. While it may be offered, the one receiving it must accept it and respond to it, saying, include me. The giving of the invitation is just one half of the exchange. The invitation is given, but then it's received, and the one who receives it responds saying, count me in. I want part of this. I want to experience personally what I'm being invited to. And this is what we're being invited to, taste and see that the Lord is good. All the joys of those who take refuge in him. And I wonder, do you believe that? Is it more than just a great idea or a concept, but do you crave, do you, I mean, you come to the point where I want to participate in discovering this truth of a faith that really works when life doesn't. Talking about faith, um, which works when life doesn't, Glenn and I watched a movie recently on Netflix called Miracles of Heaven. I don't know if you had a chance to see that. It's based on a real story where a real miracle of God uh, took place in a young girl's life and, and the world was failing her, but God stepped in and did something miraculous. Uh, it's an inspiring uh, story. Maybe a little bit of Kleenex. Um, Glenda kept taking off her glasses and wiping her eyes, but okay, I did too. All right. The mother in the movie is played by that well-known actress, Jennifer Garner. And doing this film, uh, hearing the story and knowing the story, meeting the actual family where this happened, she said, changed her life. In interviews, she said how her parents had taken her to church as a young girl. But doing the film, she realized this was not enough. She said working in this film encouraged her to re-engage her faith. And she said these seven words in an interview. It really inspired this message today. Regarding her faith in God, she said she knew it's not just believing, but participating in. It's not, not just believing, but participating in. And I thought that is so true. There's a great degree of difference between believing in God and deciding you want to participate with God. There's a difference between knowing about Jesus and abiding in Jesus. It's when Jesus isn't just a nice idea, but he's my friend, my personal savior, and my functional Lord. And Jennifer Garner, I appreciate her honesty. She said she'd been lazy about her faith, and she realized she needed to be intentional about it. She wanted her three children to know God in a personal way, but that was going to probably happen without her first being intentional and participating in what she said I know is true. So it's more than just believing in this whole concept of God. The Bible says you believe there's one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. They know there's a God. They understand the concept of God. They know it's true, but it's not going to help them because they do not participate. God invites people to move from where he's just a nice concept to a place where he functions in their life day to day. And like any invitation, you must accept this and respond to it in a affirmative way saying you want to experience the value of what God's offering you. 
You want to taste and see that it's good. You want to know that he is a refuge. Well, you can hear it and believe it, but you must receive it and accept it and respond to it. You know, God will often use, uh, I call a particular small, big word in the Bible to differentiate between him just being a nice concept to where he is, where one is able to fully experience his goodness. It's a word that kind of separates those who just want to think that he's, a, you know, he's know about him to those who actually know him. And the small word I'm thinking of, which God will use, is the word if. If. God will use the word if to refer to the fact that if I do my part, if Mark does his part, and if I participate with him, God is able to unleash his goodness in my life. And an example, last week we just saw that in, in our scripture. We heard this great promise from God. He says, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I will hear their, heal their land. And all of us, we want this. We want to hear what God, we want God to hear us. We want God to forgive us. We want God to heal our land. But the verse says it's conditional because this promise, you remember, begins with the word, if. If my people, who are called by my name, who humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. See, all of those are calls and invitations to participate. If my people will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. All of these are calls to participate. God says, then I will hear from heaven. Then I will forgive their sin. Then I can heal their land. Here's another if passage I want us to consider today. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Peter says this, as new babies want milk. You should want to drink the pure milk, which is God's word. So you will grow up and be saved from the punishment of sin. If you have tasted the Lord of the Lord, you know how good he is. If you have tasted of the Lord, you know how good he is. So Peter is picking up this invitation we looked at earlier from the Psalms. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And Peter, he's talking to people who have already taken this first step in accepting and following God's call to salvation. And they've discovered that God is good for they participated in the gift of salvation through Christ. But then they seem to stop or they're like ankle deep in cement. They're not moving. And they've made, they made the fact of being born again a ceiling in their life saying, this is as far as I will go. And Peter saying, no, this isn't a ceiling. Being born again is the floor, it's the ground level for what you grow, what you become. I think times of trouble, we really realize that. I remember going to a prayer meeting. I would probably be maybe it's about 29, 30 years old as a young pastor. And I was in a prayer meeting, at a community prayer meeting with some other men. And one old fella, an old guy, told the story of another old fella. So it's an old story. He was very old. It's telling the story of another very old guy who said, back in the days of farming, we would have horses, remember? And horses would be pulling a plow or pulling a something. And the farmer gave this advice, and I never forgot it. You never say woe in a mud hole. Can you imagine a horse going through and suddenly you're, you're being overwhelmed by mud and you're wanting to stop and slow down? You never say, whoa. That's when you say, let's get going. And I believe that's how it is with us in times of trouble. We don't say, whoa. We say, God, let's, let's, I need to move forward. I need to go. I need to run with you. 
So Peter's saying for us to keep growing, to us to, you know, not to say, whoa, we need to crave the word of God like a hungry baby craves milk. Have you ever heard a hungry baby who craves milk? Uh, when a baby craves milk, they don't kind of quietly suggest to you that it might be a good idea to feed them now. <laughs> when a baby craves milk, everyone in earshot can hear them. <laughs> Just like me before supper. And you know what happens in a baby's life as he keeps craving and receiving milk? He grows. He moves forward in the process of life, growing into physical maturity. Uh, Glenn and I just absolutely enjoy watching our one-year-old grandson grow up. We were watching online just a couple of days ago, and uh, we're watching him take more steps, going further distances, walking on his own. Uh, we asked him to show us a picture of a cow. He shows us a picture of a cow. So he makes the sound of a whale. He makes the sound of a whale. Point to your hair. He points to his hair and nose and other places. And we just it's just pure joy to watch him mature and grow. But he would never arrive at his place in his physical development or his intellectual growth if he hadn't kept craving and receiving milk as a small baby. That milk enabled him to be who he is today. And the same way Peter said, craving and participating in God's word that way enables us to become all that we can be and God would want us to be as his children. Like we want to crave this. We want to desire this. We, we need this. It's not just a great idea. It's something I should be doing. Like, no, I want this. I need this. Because I want to become. I want to grow. No child is born and says to themselves, this is it. I've arrived. There's no more in life to experience. No, every child wants to become bigger and grow. They learn to crawl. And then they learn to walk. And then they learn to run. And then they learn to read. And then they want to learn how to drive. And then they want to move out of home, go to school. They fall in love. They want to get married and start their own family with little babies who learn to crawl, walk, and run. Physical birth is no more the ceiling to our physical life than being born again is the ceiling to our spiritual life. Being born is just the beginning, Peter's saying. Now's the time to grow, to crave the spiritual milk, the word of God, because God has something for you to become, and you've got to receive this. Not just think it's a good idea, you must receive this invitation. Come and taste he is good. Crave the spiritual milk, because he wants you to become, and you want to become all that you can know as a child of God. This is why we're offering and asking everyone to participate in this daily spiritual growth track called The Way that Dave spoke about earlier. It's daily spending time with Christ. And remember our last series, we heard Jesus say this, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me, they can do nothing. We all want to be fruitful. We all want to be productive in our lives. So we're putting together these online life groups. And each day you spend time abiding in Christ. And one day every week, um, there'll be, uh, we'll come together in these life groups. And because there's questions for us to ask. And we can encourage each other, pray for each other, learn from each other. What are you learning through the last few days of, the, of the abiding in Christ in the way? And uh, we can meet online from groups of 8 to 12. So it won't be too many or too small. And if you want to uh, move forward this way in a time of isolation, as Dave said, click on uh, Life Groups on our webpage. Make sure you can join 
in on that. So we're going to be starting Wednesday. We have many already signed up for groups or putting in groups. We'll make sure you have the material, who your group is, what time you'll be meeting on Zoom as we are today. And we're going to move forward. We're not letting this hold us back. We're not letting a time of isolation to be a mud hole. We're not saying, whoa, we'll wait till this is over. We're going, we're moving forward. We're becoming as the gate church. I'm reminded of David Livingstone, Dr. David Livingstone. You know he was a pioneer missionary with the London Missionary Society back in the 1800s. And he accomplished so much in his life, that great missionary to Africa, working on behalf of the kingdom of God. And he had already worked many years in Africa, and he came back to England briefly, and someone greeted him and said, said, well, Dr. Livingstone, where are you ready to go now? You've done all this. You're back home. What are you going to do now? And Dr. Livingstone responded, I'm ready to go anywhere, provided it be forward. That's the message. Peter is saying to us, when you taste the goodness of God, when you've tasted it, it's not just a concept, it's not just an idea. When you don't, you don't settle, you can't settle, you cry out for more, you want to grow, you need to keep moving forward because you've tasted the grace of God. You know it's real in your life. And when it's real, you don't settle, you don't stop, you keep moving to know more, experience more of what God has for you. And that's what Peter's saying. As new babies want milk, you should want to drink the pure milk, which is God's word. So you'll grow up and be saved from the punishment of sin. If you've tasted of the Lord, if you found out he's good, if you've experienced his grace, you know how good he is. So this isn't a problem. This isn't a plea. This is something you want to do. So make sure you have a chance to sign up for a life group this week. Let's not say, whoa, in a mud hole. Let's keep moving forward and see what God has for us. And David, are there any prayer requests that we can include? None have been emailed in, so I'm going to quote nothing's coming to me. And then we're going to invite you to stay. Uh, go back to homepage, connect, participate in after prayer. If you want to pray in our after prayer time in another room, we'll do that together. Uh, I'll pray, then we'll close. I'll just arrange to close, we'll close with a song. Thank you for being part of this today. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the life groups. I'm looking forward to seeing you next Sunday. Uh, let me just pray. Oh, Lord, there's, I mean, I love how your word just breaks into where we are living. God, I know there's times that, you know, we feel like we have settled and things are going well. And we just kind of add you on and know that you're there and your great idea. But God, you want more than that. You want to participate, be involved in our life. And we should want that too, knowing you are all knowing. You're all good. That we can trust you, that you are a God of certainty in a time of uncertainty that you don't change, that you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And God, that's the rock in which you want to build our life on today. So Lord, I pray that as we, as we meet week to week and as we engage in life groups, God, that we're going to see our spiritual life suddenly take off because of this isolation. Where may, maybe the enemy thought this would hold us back, that no, it's going to actually release your church. That there's going to be this wave, this revival that comes because people are craving you and your word like, like milk. We want to grow. We crave it, God. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We make these messages available to give you a window into our church, but also an open gate for you to join in with our community. 
Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m. And we look forward to seeing you soon. And know that there is a place for you at the gate. Please remember to visit thegatechurch.ca for more information about our church.